Hey y'all, this is Charlie, and we are living, loving, laughing in grace. And I am just so thankful that you are here once again with me, getting ready to receive from our Lord. You know that when Jesus was here, he, he actually said, I did not come to be served, but to serve. Jesus came to this world, not for us to serve him, but for him to serve us. He came to this world, as he said, to bring life. My friends, he's, Jesus said that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. And ultimately, Jesus came and showed us, demonstrated to us the love of God for us. And today we are going to talk about that very thing. Y'all know that I just love to talk about the love of God. Amen. And here's what I want to tell you. God's power flows because of God's love. It is because of his love that he heals you. It is because of his love that he sets you free. It is because of his love that he breaks those addictions and those bondages. It's because of those loves that he, his love that he blesses you with a family. He blesses you with a position. He blesses you with a career or ministry. Lord, it's, it's, it's because of his great love for you that he uses his power for you, my friends. So as we are talking about his love, as we are focusing on his love, as we are looking to his love for us and leaning more and more and more, ever more on his love for us, leaning on it and trusting in it, we can expect to see his power show up in our lives. In 2 Timothy, it says, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. I said of power and of love and of a sound mind. You need the sound mind to know how to use the power of God, but it's not until you have the love of God that you're ready for the power of God. My friends, because that's, that's why he uses it. He uses his power out of his great love for you. Jesus serves you out of his great love for you. So as you're listening today, be expecting for the great servant who is also the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords to be serving you, to be ministering to you, to be loving on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And how about we start off with the very definition of love itself? My friends, love as you're going to see, has nothing to do with our love for God, but it has everything to do with his love for us. In 1 John 4, verse 10, it says this, and this is love. And this is love. In other words, he is about to give us the very definition of love. And this is love, not that we love God. Did you hear that? Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. My friends, love has nothing to do with us loving God. It's all about him loving us. It tells us further down that God is love. God is love, my friends. Therefore, all love originates from him. 
We don't have the capacity or the ability to love until we have first come to God, let him love us, receive from his love, and then we can love. And this same chapter, it says that very thing. In, in verse 19, it says, we love because he first loved us. It is because God first loved us that we love. We love him. We love each other. We love ourselves because he first loved us. It also says, my friends, that we have known and believed the love that God has for us. We've got to know it and not just know it, my friends, not just hear about, not just have a logical thinking of God's love for us, but it's got to be a hard thing. We've got to believe in his love for us. It's when we believe in his love for us that we'll start seeing it show up in our lives. Amen. When you believe that the father loves you, you don't have to stress and fear like the world does because you know that, hey, my father loves me. My father's bigger than this world or anything in this world. So I don't have to be afraid. My father loves me and because he loves me, he wants me provided for. He wants me taken care of. So I don't have to cheat and, and scrap and, and uh, manipulate and backstab and work overtime till I run myself ragged and into the ground and have no time for my family and, and no time for the Lord. Because I know that since the Lord loves me, he's going to provide for me. Do you know the very first vision that the Lord came to, to man, was when the Lord came to Abram in a vision and said, fear not, Abram, I am your shield. In other words, I am your protector and I am your exceedingly great reward. In other words, I am your provider. I am your protector and I am your provider. See that your heavenly daddy loves you so much that he is always, you know, catch there that it didn't just state that it's something that he does. He doesn't just sometimes protect you. He doesn't just sometimes provide for you. He is your shield. He is your protector. He is your exceedingly great reward, which means he is your provider. He doesn't just sometimes throw you a little, a little petty cash here and there, right? He doesn't just sometimes take care of you. He is your provider. Why? Again, because he loves you. And how do we know he loves us? Because he gave up his son for us. The very definition of love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins, my friends, for our sins. You know, Jesus did not have to come to this world to judge us. God did not have to humble himself, give up all of heaven, all his glory, all of his majesty that he deserves. He did not have to, to give up his power, come down, humble himself into the likeness of human flesh that he created. He did not have to walk among us to judge us. My friends, he could judge us and condemn us from heaven. But he did have to come 
down here. He did have to humble himself. He did have to take on the likeness of our human flesh so that he could take our sins and become the sacrifice for us. He did have to do that to demonstrate his great love and to save us from the condemnation that we all deserve. Hallelujah. He stepped down out of heaven to love you, not to judge you. Receive that love today. Put that judgment and that condemnation that you've been carrying around on the cross where it belongs because that's where God's already put it. He put it on the cross. He let it loose all the fullness of his fury and his wrath, which is holy and righteous. My friends, our sins need to be judged. Even we in our hearts, when we see injustice, we cry out for justice. But then when it comes to God and we look at him, we think he's so cold and hard because he does the same thing. The problem is that we don't like that we know in our hearts that we deserve to be judged. But my friends, we were judged. We were judged in the body of God's son. He took all of our sins and judged them in the body of his own son. And Jesus carried the full weight of our punishment, of our guilt, of our condemnation. And he took it into the grave. And you know it. We've been talking about it. He rose back up out of that grave three days later with not a bit of it on him, declaring that we are righteous. We are justified just as if I'd never sinned. That's how God looks at you now, my friends. Hallelujah, out of his great love for us. We can never experience that enough. In fact, there's a beautiful prayer in Ephesians that Paul prayed for the believers at Ephesus. And this he says that he, speaking of the Lord, would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. My friends, listen, he has told us that it comes out of the riches of his glory and we've got to be strengthened with his might through the spirit. In other words, his love for us is so profound. It's so great. It's so deep. It's so wide. It's so incredible. It's so out of our natural and out of this world that it actually takes the power of God for us to understand the love of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And once we begin to receive of that love, he tells us now you may be filled with all the fullness of God. It takes the power of God to know the love of God. But once we know the love of God, then we are filled with all the fullness of God. And now being filled with his love, you know what else? Listen, this is what happens next. Now to him, again, that's now to Christ, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think or even imagine. 
according to the power that works in us to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. My friend, let me break this down for you. This just told you that when you understand the love of God, when you have received of his love for you, his fullness dwells in you. And now whatever you come to him and ask for, he's going to give you exceedingly abundantly what you ask, even think, even imagine. You want answered prayer, my friend? This right here is the secret. Don't come to God like a slave. My friend, that's the Old Testament. They had a slavish fear of God. You have been made a child of God. You show me a child that is afraid to come to their parent and ask for things and I'll show you something wrong. An abusive relationship, right? When you see a child afraid to approach their parent, do you say, oh wow, there goes a really loving family? When you see a child begging, from their parent, uh, uh, please, could, could, could I just have a little bit of food? But sometimes we treat God that way. Like he doesn't want to answer our prayers. Like he doesn't desire to give us a good life. My friends, Jesus died. He gave up his good life to give us his good life. Come to God knowing that you are loved. Come with a sense that you are his beloved child that he gave up his son for. Do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that the father loves us as he loved his son. You are loved just as Jesus is loved. Of course, my friends, because God gave up that precious beloved son for you. So he must love you the same so before you come into the presence of your father to to ask to pray to bring your desires take a moment to remember he kind of loves me he desires for me to be healthy he desires for me to be strong and young and full of energy he desires for me to enjoy this life he's given me. Hey, wait a minute. These dreams I have, God's the one that put them in my heart because he's a good, good father and he wants me to have purpose. He wants me to fulfill my destiny. He wants me to wake up every day with dreams and desires in my heart. This family that I have, God wants it blessed. He's the one that gave it to me. The Bible says children are a blessing from the Lord. They are a blessing, not a burden. They become a burden when we think that they're our responsibility and forget who gave them to us in the first place. Children are a blessing meant to be enjoyed. Yes, there's teaching and correction and discipline, but the reason God gives them to us is for our enjoyment. Hmm. I guess that tells us something about the way he views us, right? Because we're his children and he simply enjoys us. He delights in us. My friends, it says in Song of Solomon, he says, rise up my love, my fair one, and come away. Oh, my dove in the cliffs of the rock and the secret place of the cliffs, let me see your face. 
let me hear your voice. For your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. That's Song of Solomon's 2.13. My friends, your daddy loves you. Jesus loves you. He laid down his life for you. Come and receive of that love. And receive of his love. And expect that he is going to answer you exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. So think big and God's going to go bigger. Think bigger and he's going to go even bigger. We can't outthink God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So I started off by, by reminding us of the definition of love. You know, you may have heard of 1 Corinthians 13 where it says love is patient, love is kind. You know, love is, is, um, is, uh, keeps no count of wrong and all these things. My friends, that, that is not actually the definition of love. That is the characteristic of love. And you know, because God is love, you can put his name there. God is patient. God is kind. God keeps no records of wrong. God does not envy. He does not boast. And you can find scripture to support all of that in the Bible. In fact, listen to this. I love this. This is such a beautiful passage from Psalms 103. It says, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. Do you hear what that just said? He said, God has not dealt with us according to our sins. My friends, if God had dealt with us according to our sins, meaning dealt with us the way we deserve to be dealt with because of our sins, We'd all be dead. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. We would all be dead. I wouldn't be here sharing with you right now. You wouldn't be there listening to me right now. But he has not dealt with us according to our sins. He has not punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who worship him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who worship him. My friends, this is pity as in has compassion for. The Lord has compassion on us. He knows our frailties and our weaknesses. It goes on to say that for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are just dust. You know, God sees. <laughs> this is true love, my friends. God sees your every weakness, your every frailty, your every insecurity, even the ones you're not quite aware of yet. Maybe some loved ones around you are, but you haven't been ready to be confronted with it yet. And he loves you. 
He loves you. He loves you because his love for you is not based on you, my friend. It's based on him. It's based on who he is. Therefore, you can never make him love you anymore and you can never make him love you any less because he loves you based on who he is. Listen to this. Jeremiah 31 verse 3 says, The Lord appeared from old to me saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love, with an everlasting love. You can't change it. You can't manipulate it. You can't lose it. You can't gain it. He has loved you from the very beginning, from before you were created, from before this world was created. He has loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, With loving kindness have I drawn you and continued my faithfulness to you. He continues his faithfulness to us, my friends, not our faithfulness to him. Even your relationship with him, he is holding in his hand. He is the one that keeps this relationship going. You know, even in our natural relationship with each other, right? For a really healthy relationship, it takes both parties being committed, right? But a lot of times there's one person who's more committed than the other. And they're they're willing to to pursue and to, to you know, not necessarily, uh, not in a healthy marriage, (laughs) anyways. But uh, there's someone who first started that relationship, right? Whether it's a friendship, whether it's it's a marriage, one person initiated it. One person pursued it first. God initiated this relationship. God pursued this relationship and God is the one that holds you in the palm of his hand, not the other way around. Now I speak on this a lot. I actually shared this scripture a lot and this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins, 1 John 4.10. In fact, I love that verse so much that that my husband carved it into uh, my bookcase for me so that I can look at it all the time. Another one I love is the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Psalms 23.1, my friends, that's another verse that just oozes with the love of God for us. He's our shepherd. What does a shepherd do? A shepherd takes care of the sheep. Do you know that sheep are some of the dumbest animals? They're dumb and defenseless. But you know the one thing they know to do? Follow the voice of their shepherd. They will follow the voice of their shepherd. And as Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. I call them by name and they follow me. Follow, follow. My friends, there's nothing easier than simply following Jesus. We don't take the lead. We don't have to figure it out. He's the shepherd and we're just a little (laughs) right? That's all we got to do. We eat our little green grass. We drink out of our little cool running water. We rest, take a little nap and we let Jesus handle the tough stuff. You know, I, I heard this once somewhere. I don't, I don't remember exactly where, but I heard someone say once when trouble knocks on the door, send Jesus to answer it. Amen. Don't answer that door. Let Jesus open it. Amen. (laughs) Amen. I don't even know where we're going. Oh, yes. So my favorite verse here that I love to quote. And also this one that had, you know, you know why, my friends? 
because this, these scriptures set me free and, and they help me to, to, to grow in God's love for me. And that prayer that I read to you from Ephesians, I encourage you to pray that every day, my friend, you know, and you don't have to use those exact words. I do a lot of the time, but I've shared with you many times. Uh, I just wake up in the morning. Good morning, daddy. God, good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Here is your beloved daughter. Now, who do you think I'm really reminding? I'm reminding me, not him. Okay. I, I still, I share with you all. I still wake up with my issues. I wake up in pain. Sometimes it makes me cranky. I don't sleep well. And so I'm the one that needs the reminder that I'm his beloved daughter. But think how much joy it brings to him. Instead, when, when I didn't know this, and I used to always think God was disappointed in me and angry at me. So I didn't wake up my day talking to him at all. It was kind of like, you know, if we, we can kind of avoid each other today. I'm, I'm doing great. That's actually probably better because he's just going to see how much I'm messing up. Now, after some of these scriptures we read, how he desires to see our face and hear our voice. What do you think pleases him more? That I'm working so hard to be perfect that I can never even come into his presence? And that I wake up knowing that I've messed up, but I'm still his beloved daughter. And then I ask him for a fresh revelation of his love for me. And he loved, that is a prayer request, my friends, that he will always answer. He already paid the highest cost to answer that when he gave up his son. He gave up his son to demonstrate his love for us. How much more will he now freely give to you? Romans 8:32. All right, my friends, and you know what? It is that time. I'm going to have to let you go. You know this is so very difficult for me. And here we are just enjoying God's love, just enjoying talking about uh his great love for us and you know just bask in that, carry that with you through the week. Uh Think on it, my friends. Think on and meditate on how much God loves you, how much Jesus loves you. I mean, we're still in the resurrection season, right? It hasn't been that long ago since we celebrated Resurrection Sunday. And we're looking forward to the Pentecost. And uh, I just encourage you as you're going about to just meditate on this. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. 1 John 4.10. Amen. Be blessed with that, my friends. I pray that you were encouraged today, that you have a greater revelation of your daddy God's love for you, of your Savior's love for you. I pray that that revelation continues to grow every single day, a fresh taste of, of your God's love for you. Hallelujah. Amen. My friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and grant you peace. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Till next time, keep on living, loving, laughing, and grace.